Good morning. It's good to be here with all of you this morning. Today, we are going to be launching into week six of our Beneath the Surface series. And really, if we think about it, we have covered a lot of ground so far. We started by looking at the link that exists between our emotional health and our spiritual maturity. We looked at the importance that self-awareness plays in our relationship with God. We've looked at understanding and breaking free from our past in order to grow. We looked at the gifts that walls bring into our lives. And last week, Chelsea shared about the powerful transformation that can happen through grief and through losses that we experience. And so today we're going to be looking at a topic that I initially thought would be easier and would be lighter. Let's see if I can get this to work. I don't know, Justin, I might need to ask you to... There we go. Was that me or was that you? Awesome. We are going to be discovering rhythms of the daily office and the Sabbath together. And as I prepared for this morning, I, I think I changed my mind. Um, while it might be a lighter topic than other ones that we've looked at so far, I don't think it's easier anymore. Um, I've really found that culture and traditions and routines in my life have almost numbed me to the importance and the gifts that God has for us in, in the Sabbath and in the daily office. So it's, it's been my prayer that the Holy Spirit would speak to me and speak to each one of you this morning, um, just inviting us to receive and just use these gifts in our lives. So a few disclaimers before we get started. As I've been learning around this topic over the past several years, um, and as I was preparing to share with you this morning, um, by reading the Emotionally Healthy Spirituality book by Pete Scazzaro, um, by looking at the, the EHS video session on this topic, and also listening to other teachings that Pete has, I found it really hard to narrow down all of the information. Pete has a lot to say on this topic. Um, all of it has been super challenging for me, but all of it has also rung very true and very important. And so that hasn't made it any easier to put it into practice in my own life or to know what to share with you. Um, we're just going to really be skimming the surface this morning. So if something that I share with you this morning sparks a flame in you, I really encourage you to dig deeper. Pete has a lot of resources. There's many other um, speakers, authors that have materials. So please um, look into that if you'd like. Um, I also want to confess right away that most of what I'm saying this morning comes right from Pete's mouth, right from his wealth of wisdom. 
So with that being said, I want to start this morning with the same visual that Pete uses in the beginning of chapter 6 of his book on the daily office and Sabbath. Most of us probably know that in the Midwest, really dangerous blizzards can come up very quickly. Fierce winds blow the snow around so that if you're outside, you often can't even see right in front of your nose. It would be possible to get lost and disoriented in your own yard. So farmers in these areas would tie a rope from their house to the barn so that they can move back and forth and do the necessary work in the barn and not get lost. So Pete compares this to our own lives today. He says that many of us have lost our way spiritually in the whiteout of the blizzard that swirls around us. And blizzards in our lives begin when we say yes to too many things. And between demands from work and from family, our lives often fall somewhere from full to completely overflowing. Any sense of rhythm in our daily, weekly, and yearly lives just gets swallowed up by a blizzard. This is a very hard picture to see of my planner, but I hope you can see that it's pretty full. I don't know what your blizzards might look like, but mine is full of kids' activities, of ministry things, housework. Right now, we're in the middle of a renovation project. We have jobs. We have fun things that we schedule into our calendars. And all of these things, in and of themselves, they're not bad. They can be really good things. But added together, I've found it creates a fierce blizzard in my life. So I need a rope to lead me home. Any of you, could you use a rope? Well, God offers us a rope that leads us home to him through the spiritual practices of the daily office and Sabbath. Those of you who picked up this book that we offered as part of, of, of this series, um, might be familiar with the practice of the daily office. Now, I've always grown up being taught about prayer and about the importance of um, daily devotions. But a daily office is different than this. It involves just sitting in silence and actually allowing space to listen to God. So it's more than just a daily quiet time. The goal is to practice daily office two or more times a day and to allow us to pay attention to God, to abide with him throughout the rest of the day, all of our busy activities that we don't necessarily consider spiritual activities. It's the key to creating continual, easy familiarity with God and with his presence the rest of the day. So Pete describes a typical daily office as consisting of four elements, stopping, centering, silence, and scripture. And so we start by stopping. We pause our to-do lists, give up control, and just really trust God to run his world without us. And for me, this is probably the hardest part, to actually pause in my day. 
And then it involves centering, letting go of tensions, distractions, sensations, and just beginning to rest in the love of God. This often happens for me by closing my eyes, sitting still, um, maybe sitting straight, and just paying attention to my breathing, just slowing it down. And then there is silence. Usually, just for a couple minutes, in the day-by-day journal, uh, Pete suggests two minutes, but maybe you want to do five or ten. I might focus on a verse or repeat a phrase or a name of God just over and over along with my breathing. There is a passage in 1 Kings, in chapter 19. God instructs Elijah to wait for the presence of the Lord. And then we're told that wind and an earthquake and a fire follow. But scripture says that God didn't appear in any of these things. Rather, in verse 12, we see that God reveals himself to Elijah in the sound of sheer silence. And so sometimes this is it. Sometimes this is all that I do um, for a daily office. But other times I might add in scripture, meditating on a verse or reading a longer passage, maybe reading a devotional or a liturgy. But whatever it might look like for you, The root of the daily office isn't so much about a turning to God to get something from him, but rather just to be with him. So the daily office is one strand of the rope that God offers to us. The other um, is Sabbath. And this is what I sense that I should be focusing on this morning. So when I say the word Sabbath, I wonder what comes to your mind. For me, I automatically think a day of rest. For some people, it involves a lot of legalism. There might be a list of things in your mind that you should and shouldn't do on the Sabbath. It's something that many of us have been taught we're supposed to do. Um, In Genesis, we read that God rested after six days of creation, and so we should rest too. In Deuteronomy and in Exodus, we see that Sabbath-keeping is part of the Ten Commandments. But why? Why does it really matter if we practice the Sabbath? What difference does it make if we stop for the day? We're not We're not murdering, we're not stealing, we're not committing adultery, we're not hurting anyone. If we have the desire and if we have the energy, why not just keep going? Well, in Mark 2, verse 27, Jesus says, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. So we see that Sabbath isn't about following a list of rules. Jesus shows us here that Sabbath is a gift. It's a gift for me, and it's a gift for each one of you. We are invited to receive it. Pete says, like we've already looked at, living in a fallen world is like being in a blizzard. Without the Sabbath, we easily find ourselves lost 
and unsure of the larger picture of God and our lives. He says, I am convinced that nothing less than an understanding of Sabbath as a command from God, as well as an incredible invitation, will enable us to grab hold of the rope that God offers us. So what makes a biblical Sabbath such a gift? How is it different from just a secular day off? Pete again shares four principles that make up a Sabbath. The first two uh, were fairly obvious to me. In my mind, they kind of involve a way of doing. So like the daily office, Sabbath includes stopping. We embrace our limits. We understand that God is God. He is indispensable. I am not. I'm his creature, and I can't go, go, go continuously. And the world continues working just fine when I stop. This week, I woke up Monday morning and went about my routine like usual. And I got up off of the sofa at one point, and something just flew into my back. And I could not function for most of the rest of the week like I normally do. And I just realized this morning as we were, as we were singing together, that was a gift from God where I was forced to stop. <laughs> and I was forced to slow down this week and not go as much as I normally do. So Sabbath involves stopping. It also involves rest. Do things that bring you rest. And think about not just physical rest, but also mental rest. And what's rest for me might not be the same thing that's restful for you. But for all of us, resting involves not hurrying, not multitasking, maybe not even making big decisions. That one was challenging for me. Um, Sundays are often the day of rest for our family, and um, Jonathan is home from work, the kids are home from work. So we have time for necessary conversations and for decision-making. But really, depending on the topic, it can be a pretty stressful time. And so maybe Sundays are not the best day to be making decisions. Sabbath should be restful for me, should be restful for other people. We can offer rest to other people. So the third thing, and the fourth aspect of Sabbath as well, that Pete shares, are two areas that I associate more with a way of being. The third is delight. We can enjoy and delight in creation and its gifts. We slow down to pay attention and delight in the people that we're with, in the food that we're eating. Delight in healthy play. Delight in the everyday pleasures of life. It's often super easy for me on Sundays to rest, to do nothing. And then I tend to completely zone out. But a true Sabbath involves being aware, being present, being alive, and delighting in what's around me. And then there's contemplation. Ponder the love of God. 
Focus on seeing the invisible God in the visible things around us. So these are the four aspects of a biblical Sabbath. And we can build a protective container around these four things that fits us each individually. My Sabbath is going to look different than your Sabbath. And the practicalities of how each person and how each family practices Sabbath won't be identical. Just do what works for you. So let's turn to Deuteronomy and look at God's command around Sabbath. And then I want to just briefly build on these four principles that Pete shared and look at some other key components of Sabbath keeping. So from Deuteronomy chapter 5, starting at verse 12, Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, as the Lord your God has commanded you. For six days you shall labor and do all of your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your ox, your donkey, or any of your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns, so that your male and female servants may rest as you do. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt, and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. So in this scripture and in Pete's teachings, we see that the biblical framework is to set aside a 24-hour time period, a whole day. Initially, this amount of time might be hard to start implementing, so start out smaller and build on it. For our family, we have found it super hard to set aside an entire day for Sabbath with the four aspects that we looked at. So to be honest, we've really even found it hard to set aside a couple of hours to enjoy as a family. And so earlier this spring, Jonathan and I sat down together with our calendars and decided we were going to schedule in a day a week. Maybe it was a couple hours on a weekday evening or on a Saturday or Sunday. But we were going to schedule family time. And we would be committed to this time. We would consider ourselves busy, and we wouldn't agree to do anything else. No meetings, no work. We were going to be with our family. That was probably February, March, and so far, we've only followed through on this one time. And that was even just a quick, let's play a family game before we go to bed. And it's not that we, you know, committed to doing other things over those times. What really happened was we were not prepared. I had not... Um, planned a meal that night that didn't involve a lot of prep beforehand or a lot of cleanup afterwards. We didn't leave our schedules open before the family time. So we came into that schedule time, it popped up into our calendar, and we were exhausted mentally and physically. We were just tired. And so we just would end up skipping those times. 
And there's a key in these verses in Deuteronomy that our family was missing. This word observe, if we look at the Hebrew word, we find that it involves what we would expect. It involves keeping, it involves celebrating, it involves sacrificing, but it also involves an aspect of preparing. So preparation is part of God's Sabbath command. Someone recently shared with me a concept that's practiced in the Jewish faith. They view Sabbath as queen. And they spend time, sometimes days, before their Sabbaths preparing for it. And then afterwards, they spend time reflecting on that Sabbath time. It's intentional for them. It's not just something that they stumble into. So in the family time that we are trying to set aside and in practicing a Sabbath day, it's important that we are intentional, that we prepare for it. However, while preparation is super important, something that I've been pondering lately um, is that God's gift of Sabbath to me does not depend on me. I can still receive the gifts of Sabbath from him at unexpected times when I am not prepared. I just need to recognize it. So just this month, it was a busy week, and our family arrived at Friday, and we had nothing planned except for that family time that was, was in our calendar. And we hadn't prepared for it like usual. And while we didn't spend any time that night doing any great family activity or um, doing anything intentional together, Jonathan and I were able to experience all four aspects of Sabbath. We were able to stop and rest, to delight and contemplate. It was just a restful evening at home. The kids were coming and going, doing their own thing. Um, we interacted with them as they did that. Jonathan and I were able to talk together, dream, encourage one another, and really share about how we were noticing Holy Spirit in our lives. I like to light oil lamps if we're at home, candles. Um, so we had done that that night, and it was just a really enjoyable, slowed down, no pressure pace that night. So while it wasn't a true 24-hour biblical Sabbath, God was gracious to give us gifts in that time together. But if we look at the typical 24-hour Sabbath, and we think about the importance that preparation plays, it's easy to see that practicing the Sabbath can be challenging, can be something hard. So maybe that's not why we do it, typically. But as I thought about that, I thought about the fact that we also prepare for a lot of other things in our lives. Maybe we have a big work project coming up. We prepare for it. For vacation time, for our hobbies, we put preparation time into those things. So why not Sabbath? Why is it so hard to practice and prepare for Sabbath? 
Well, in Deuteronomy and in Exodus, when Moses was given the Ten Commandments, the Israelites had just left 400 years of slavery. They were forced to work continuously. They couldn't stop. They didn't have a choice. So most of us today probably don't have an external pharaoh telling us that we can't stop, that we need to keep going. We have internal voices. Pharaoh is inside each one of us. As I was thinking about it, though, when we are in the midst of a home renovation project like Jonathan and I are right now, he might tell you that he does have an external pharaoh. He might consider me a pharaoh in his life. So maybe we do have some external pharaohs, but typically it is inside of us. Pete said in a sermon on this topic, Jesus may be in your heart, but slavery is in your bones. See, we get our sense of self so often from our work, from what we accomplish. And if we stop working, it might be really scary. But God calls us to find our sense of self out of a relationship with the living God and with Jesus, not from our work, not from what we do, not from always saying yes to everything or from always being the one willing to help when a helping hand is needed. Pete says that we go to work to work for God who is already at work, not to find ourselves, because ourselves have already been found in relationship to Jesus. And so this drive to work, this busyness, Maybe it's a defense. It might be a wall that keeps us from God. And at the heart, Sabbath is an invitation to be seen and to be loved by God. Pete talks very often about Sabbath being emotional exposure to the love of God, experientially, not just in our heads. Sabbath is about being vulnerable. It's a day to just receive the love that we were singing about this morning. Just receive that from God. Receive compliment from God. Jonathan will tell you that I do not receive compliments very well. My typical response is just to brush them off, to make excuses for why the compliment isn't true, why someone is just, just saying that to make me feel good. Often, anytime love is expressed to me or concern or offers of help, I brush it off. And I keep working on my own and striving on my own to prove my worth, that I'm good enough to actually receive and accept those compliments. And so I was, as I was preparing for this, it really struck me to consider that this inability to accept compliment and help is a form of workaholism in my life. And it really connects to this gift of Sabbath. 
But through the Sabbath gift, God is telling me that I'm already good enough. He wants each one of you to know that you are good enough. You are safe enough. God has got it under control. So wherever you are right now, you are worthy enough. You are lovable enough to enjoy a Sabbath. Take a break. And just let God love you. As you stop, as you rest, as you delight, as you contemplate, just let God love you. Let's pray together. Father God, just ask that you would help each one of us here today to grab hold of you as our rope in the blizzard of our lives. God, we need you. Please show us how to welcome your presence, not only one day a week, but really every day. Teach us, Lord, to be prayerfully attentive to you and help us to trust in you with everything that will remain unfinished. Help us to try not to run your world for you. God, set us free to begin reorienting our lives around you, around your presence. Just help us to let you love us. In Jesus' name, amen.